Well, good morning, Church 2911. You guys are looking amazing this morning, smelling good, looking good, ready to love Jesus with all of our hearts. Well, listen, as Brent said, pastor's not here this week. He is doing the wedding uh, there in Pennsylvania. But of course, he loves and misses all of you guys very, very much, and he'll be back with us next week. So I get to fill in today and look forward to continue this incredible series called How To. Well, listen, I don't want to handle this as normal. Is that all right? So I want to handle today's message in by asking a question. It's a very simple question, but profound question at the same time. Are you guys ready? So the question is just simply this. Why would God give you and I an imagination? Sounds overly simplistic, so I'm going to unpack that, okay? So why would God give you and I an imagination? Well, let's kind of peel, peel back the modern era in which we live in, okay? So when we think of being or having imagination or using our imagination, we think about being creative, right? So we think about Hobby Lobby. If I have any Hobby Lobby enthusiasts, okay, you can find a plethora of stuff at Hobby Lobby, or at least when you go and it smells really, really good, okay? So you can get lots of arts and crafts and do kind of cool stuff. In my house, I've been really creative, so I've built furniture and stuff like that, so I don't know if I'm cheap or I just like being creative. But all of us love being creative in some form or fashion, or maybe it's like technology. So if you're not a Hobby, hobby Lobby enthusiast, then maybe you like technology, and so you like creating funny photos on Instagram with bunny ears and distorted faces and voices and send them to your friends, okay? And so that's a part of creativity, but I want to look, go a little bit further, a little bit deeper. So if we're not talking about creativity and we're talking about imagination, I have to go all the way back to the beginning. So God created everything in seven days. He created a garden called Eden, and he had man and himself there. The only thing he created was this place here. No, not the GCC, not the Gardendale Civic Center. He created earth, and there was God, and there was man. In other words, there was a relationship on a place for a relationship. So if we look at that question one more time in a little bit different manner, why would God, in all of his wisdom, because he doesn't do anything by accident, so why would God, in all of his wisdom, give you and I an imagination? What if God gave you and I an imagination so that way we could think without limits? Let's see the way God says it. Now to him, that being God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. So what's beyond thinking? Well, it's without limits. So you have to have an imagination according to the power working within us. So let me unpack that a little bit further this morning. Here you have Jesus, okay, three years publicly going around helping people. And John, the historical account of Jesus' life, one of the historical accounts of Jesus' life, says that Jesus did more miracles than any books could contain. Well, hold on one moment. So right around a thousand days, people are hanging out with Jesus, and he's doing more miracles than any books could contain. So that's more of multiplying food for all of those who like seconds, okay? There's more multiplying food or doing miracles or signs, uh, incredible stuff for over three years, more than books could contain. So Jesus, okay, he's always challenging humanity to connect more with God. And so he turns to his followers at that time, and it's the same thing that goes out to you and I, and he says, hey guys, listen, 
You see all the stuff that's been going on for three years? Yeah, 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 Jesus, we got that down. He said, guess what? You're going to do greater. Hold up, Jesus. <laughs> One moment here. All that stuff that you've been doing in three years, you're telling me, you're telling the entire world, anyone who would enter into a relationship with God, that we're going to be able to do greater? So again, perhaps God has given you and I an imagination so we can keep up with him. In other words, perhaps God give, has given you and I an imagination so that way we can think without limitation. So today's sermon series, our, our message is titled, the slide please, awesome, is how to dream big. Now that sounds intimidating. Okay, so I'm going to break this down really, really quick for us. So if we're going to understand, again, imagination, thinking without limitation, the next question I have this morning is why would God speak to you and I in dreams? It's a great question. Why would God speak to you and I in dreams? Let's see the way God says it. So in the last days, that's the time of Jesus up until this present day, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit, that's a fancy way of saying his presence, okay, on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, again, another fancy word that we use in church, it just means hearing from God and speaking to other people what God's saying. So your kids are going to be hearing from God. Your sons will prophesy and also your daughters, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I had a laugh when I read that verse, because I was thinking, why does God have to speak to old men in dreams? Is that because they sleep so much, right? And young men in, vis or, or in visions, like daydreams, because they're always doing things? Have you ever had a vision, a daydream, something that God's put on your heart? I had one point. I was just going about my day, wasn't necessarily trying to connect with God, no fancy worship music playing, like, I was just doing things throughout my day. And I saw this racetrack, you know, the kind that you run around, and they have a starting line. You've got to run all the way around the track and get back to the starting line to finish. Well, I saw all the other people running with me around this track. Everyone finished. My foot crossed the line, and I kept running. And I said, God, what in the world are you trying to show me? He said, Mark, other people's goals and dreams can't be yours. If we're ever going to change the world, help people, we got to be willing to go farther and faster than anybody else and dream bigger than anybody else. God's been speaking in dreams ever since creation. It's recorded outside of Scripture, outside the Bible, and also inside. I have a friend He's in a local church, and in their church, they do lots of mission trips, just like we do here at Church 2911. And one of the mission trips they went to, they went to the Middle East. And while they were in the Middle East, they met a man who'd never seen a Christian before. And the man has been searching religious leaders his entire life to ask him about these dreams he's been having. And he finally came across a Christian. He said, listen, can you help a brother out, right? I've been trying to ask everybody to help me with these dreams that I've been having, and no one can help me. So the guy said, listen, 
bring these pages that you've been writing these dreams down on, bring them to me, and we'll talk about it. So in his language, in his dialect, this Christian person starts to read these pages. And what he realizes is that God was downloading the first four books of the New Testament in his life. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these historic accounts of Jesus' life. Here's a man out in the middle of nowhere, no electricity, in a hut, and God's hit download and started to download the Bible in his life through dreams. God wants to speak to you and I without limitations. So an imagination, okay, an imagination is us having the capacity. God's given us this ability to think without limitation. And so he's also given himself the opportunity or the capacity, the ability to talk to us without limitation. It's an amazing thought. So we have a slide to illustrate this point as we go into the next one. Oh yeah, almost forgot. So oftentimes our plans are not from God. Our plans are from ourselves. But God says his plans are the ones that last forever. Let's go to the next slide, guys. So if an imagination is thinking without limitation and dreaming is God communicating to us without limitation, then having a dream is learning how to live without limitation. Sounds like God to me. Sounds like God to me. So here you got Jesus, again, going throughout the Eastern world at that time, doing miracles, helping people, loving people, turning to us and saying, you're going to do more. Giving you, you and I the capacity to dream and to have an imagination to comprehend all the stuff that God's doing through us and for us. But oftentimes when it comes to dreams, we say, Mark, that's hard. Like, I can follow you up to this point that God's given me an imagination. Mark, I can follow you up to the point where, hey, listen, sometimes God communicates to us without limitation, but living a dream, Mark, well, that one's hard. And I would say, yeah, living a dream can be hard. But I want to propose that God's already dreaming through you. That God's already dreaming through you. So if you and I were in a car and we're on 280, the heavenly kingdom of traffic, okay? So we're on Highway 280, and we're in a car, and someone cuts us off. We say things like, that person should drive better, right? Things should change. I want to propose that our belief that things can change are God dreaming through us. Say, Mark, you're stretching. Hold on. We get the same feeling we say the same things when we see kids starving around the world. Do we not? Something's got to change. Something should be done about that. It's the same feeling, the same gut-wrenching feeling that we get when we see hurricanes and tornadoes right in our backyard in Florida and Texas. And we see thousands upon thousands of people homeless for a season. And in our hearts, something inside us said something should be done about that. It's the same feeling that we get when we go into inner city Birmingham. Sometimes I just like driving through Birmingham and praying for our city. And you see the crime and you see the difficulties and you wish 
that things were different. Jesus, again, was famous in just connecting people with God. And one time in particular, he's explaining God to people. And he sees a young child near him, and so he uses this child as an illustration to help people connect better with God. And so as this young child has, Jesus has this young child nearby, he says, listen, if you want to know how to better connect with God, you've got to trust God like this child does. The way that we're used to hearing it in church, you have to have faith like a child. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to see dreams happen because you're connecting with God, you have to have trust like these little ones have. Now, I'm sure most of you guys have kids at home. I have a 12-year-old. If my son sees someone homeless, something in him, the trust in God in him says something should be done about that. Now listen, if I let my son bring every homeless person to our house, we'd have to put bunk beds in a doghouse just for my family and I, okay? Because we wouldn't have any place whatsoever for us to sleep. But that's how children think. You see a kid who sees people suffering with cancer or difficulties, and what's their first response? Something should be done about that. They would be on their knees praying. They would give all the money out of your pockets to someone who doesn't have money. Like, a child would be motivated immediately because the trust that they have to make dreams happen for someone else. So again, I would propose this morning that it's nothing that we have to do within ourselves, that God's already dreaming through us. God says it this way. In that time, okay, so the time in which we're living in, I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it on the lining of their hearts. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. They won't go to school to learn about me or buy a book called God and Five Easy Lessons. They'll all get to know me firsthand, the little, the big, the small, the great. They'll all get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever clean. So imagine, I like to imagine things sometimes. So imagine God has an operating room, okay? And so he's put all of us on the operating table, and he's opened all of our hearts up. And he wrote dreams and passions and visions on the inside of all of us. Now, if you have kids at home, again, kids love drawing on walls, right? So they'll be taking the crowns out and the pencils and the pens, and they'll be drawing all kind of fancy stuff on the walls if you're not careful. And you know, sometimes when you're focused on drawing, you, your tongue sticks out the side of your mouth because you're focused so much. That's the way I see God. With his tongue stuck out the side of his mouth because he's so focused on you and I. And on the inside of our hearts, he's penned dream after dream after dream after dream. God's not calling us to dream. He's already dreaming through us. So listen, I love making things incredibly practical, okay? And so we want to take this aspect of dreaming, and now we want to make it practical so that way we can go out here today and start seeing the realization of all that God's doing through us. Is that all right? So if we're going to dream big dreams with God, if we're going to use our imagination, the dreams of how God speaks through us, right? The first thing that we're going to have to do is agree with God. 
pretty obvious. If we don't agree with the Creator, God, we end up working against ourselves. Now, some of you guys may not be my, like me, okay? Sometimes I have to learn lessons the hard way. So I was in Italy, and I've been working there for over, over 10 years now, helping the churches. A lot of fun, a lot of hard work at the same time. And so we were invited to a pasta meal after church, and that's a good day in church, right? So we're invited to this pasta meal after church at Tina's house. And so, of course, I got some dress shoes on because I went to church and, you know, looking kind of spiffy. They go play basketball. I ain't ready to play basketball. So I take the kids, of course, to go play basketball. And God speaks to me immediately and says, Mark, don't play basketball, which is kind of obvious because I don't have the shoes on. About 30 to 45 minutes goes through, and my desire is to play basketball. But I won't because God asked me not to do it. The ball magically rolls up to my feet. No, guys, like there was angels singing in the background. Lights coming from the ball. I mean, it was a magical moment. So you know I had to get the white Michael Jordan on. So through the legs, right, I've got to go for the layup. I come back down, twist an ankle, and break bones in my feet. Not a good day in pasta land, okay? And so sometimes when we don't agree with God, we end up working against ourselves. God says it this way. Many other plans in, the, in a person's heart. So we can have a lot of stuff in there. But it's the Lord's, God's purpose that will always prevail. That will always prevail. And so if we want dreams, the things that burn inside of us, these injustices in the world that we want to see changed, if they're ever going to change, we have to first agree with the Creator. Well, the second thing, because again, we want to be really, really practical this morning, is the second thing is that we have to take a dream and put it into bite-sized portions. We have a slide that's better explained this way. Big dreams are lived out in little ways every day. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Taking life and breaking it down into bite-sized portions is how we can live out big dreams. God says it this way. So teach us to number our days that we may gain or get a heart of wisdom. So it's taking life, all that God's given us, and learning how to break life into small parts so it becomes doable. Isn't that what health is? Life's that way. If I'm going to be healthy, it takes one meal at a time. So I had a, a young guy tell me, he said, Mark, listen, I'm eating much healthier now. I was like, hey, that's awesome. He said, yeah. I told him to go ahead and put the lettuce and the tomato back on the hamburger. I'm like, hey, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. The next step might be asking him to leave out the bun and the hamburger, you know, just eat the lettuce, have salad. So, but it's true. If I'm going to be healthy, if I'm going to take a step towards health and living the dream of being healthy so I can live many days on the earth, it's just one day at a time, one meal at a time. Oh, what about fitness? I like being in the gym sometimes. And so if you're going to be fit, it's just one exercise at a time. I have a friend. He, uh, he got a gym membership, right? And so he's a big guy, and he's like, listen, 
I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get in the gym. We're going to make it happen. He was telling me all about it. He said, Mark, but I got worn out the first day in the gym. I'm like, man, he must have really worked out. He said, yeah, the first machine sunk me. Like I was done after the first machine. I'm thinking, what in the world did you use? He said, Mark, like my muscles were sore the next day. I said, James, listen, help me out, buddy. Tell me what machine, because maybe I need to use this machine. Like, what machine did you use? He said, Mark, it was the front door, the hardest machine in the entire gym. Did you know that over 60% of gym memberships are never used? That's an incredible business, 60%. People paying every single month and never using their gym membership. Life has to be broke down into smaller portions, bite-sized portions, so that way dreams become doable. So the third thing is that if we're going to, number one, agree with God, number two, make it in bite-sized portions, the next step is to never, never dream alone. Never dream alone. God says it this way. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, it's still just one body. It's exactly the same with Christ or Jesus. So during this time, there were some disputes and some separations going on. And God says, hey, listen, if you're ever going to make a dream happen, you can't dream by yourself. Take a look at your own body. Your fingers don't do what they want and your feet don't do what they want. Like everything works in harmony so that way you can live. If we want our dreams to live, they have to be lived out with other people. Imagine this. So we just went to the movie theater. Okay, my son's birthday happened, so we went to go see the new Ninjago movie. I like Legos even though I'm 42, okay? So we went to the new Ninjago movie. And so imagine we're at the movies this morning, and so we got our popcorn, and you have to use 100 napkins just to get the butter off your hands from all that popcorn. And it, it, you still don't get it off, so you've got to kind of sit there kind of weird, you know, because you don't want to touch anything, you know. And you think, how many people touched this seat before I was here? And so you watch the movie, and you wait until the credits at the end. Normally, we dip. Like, we're out of the movie theater when, once the credits start to roll because we need to get in our car and get out before traffic. But what if you sat through all the credits and you watched the hundreds, if not thousands, of names that rolled across the screen? And so your wife is elbowing you and you say, hey, can we leave? No, 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 no. i got to see the next name and the next name and the next name. And then you rise up out of your seat and you shout, yeah, that's awesome. That person catered this movie and they did an amazing job. Like, we never do that. We pick the main actor and we talk about what an amazing job he or she did and forget the fact that someone had to write the lines and someone had to shoot the camera and someone had to clean up the place and someone had to do the digital aspect and the scenes and so forth. It was a whole army of people working together to make one single film. Life is oftentimes that way. Dreams are oftentimes that way. Sometimes we look into the world in which we live in and we see individuals like Steve Jobs and the amazing job that he did in creating electronics 
And forget about the thousands of people working at Apple that actually made his dreams come true. If we're going to dream, we have to dream with others. That's the way God's made it. So here at Church 2911, we want to do an amazing job to serve you well. And so we have, we already mentioned it earlier this morning, and that is small groups. So we take the size of our church and we break it down into smaller groups. And what we are able to do in smaller groups is learn how to dream and live the dreams that God has given you and I. And so we're just getting started in this, in this semester, and if you haven't joined a small group, it's a great time to plug in. If you join a small group and you don't like it, hey, no offense, just find another group that you can dream with. If for some reason that you go through some groups and you can't find the right one, come talk to a staff member. We would love to make you a leader of a small group so you can gain other people in your sphere of influence and you guys can dream together because God's never asked us to dream alone. Dreams only come to pass when we work this thing out with other people. We have the last scripture here, guys. God sets the lonely, those by themselves, those dreaming, dreaming by themselves. God takes the lonely and he sets them into families. He purposely sets them with other people. And that's what small groups are. Your family for this three-month semester, living out your dreams and your passions, all those things that God's doing inside of you together. Listen, you may have come here this morning and you say, Mark, I don't even know how to connect with God. Like, you've talked about all this wonderful stuff this morning, but, like, I don't even know how to get started. Well, listen, 20 years ago, I was in a church much like this one. And I was in the same seat that you were, and I was feeling the same things that you're feeling this morning. I didn't know how to get started. Literally, I felt like I had an economy-sized bottle of superglue because I couldn't keep life together. And the harder I tried, the more it seemed to just seep through my fingers. Life just wouldn't work for me. I had to connect with the Creator. I had to connect with God. So you say, Mark, how can I do that this morning? Listen, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. It's just talking to God, communicating with God. And if we all could just kind of close our eyes for just a few moments, just to make a private moment for all of us. And we're just going to talk to God. And so you can just simply pray a prayer just like this. God, here I am this morning. I've had lots of dreams, lots of ambition. But God, I realized I didn't have you. And life never seemed to work. God, I want to give up control. I want to put you at the steering wheel of my life and say, God, come rescue me from myself, from my own desires that aren't from you. Save me, God. I want to live all my days for you. In Jesus' name.